Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show, give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. As always, we taught judging in MMA, so you should learn the criteria. You can find it at abcboxing.com. Dan, we are recording this a little earlier in the week uh, than usual, but, uh, you know, hopefully we won't lose too many of the fights that we're really, you know, we can talk about when it comes to UFC 270 at the end of the week. I know. We, we've lost uh, quite a few of them already, uh, including one yeah, we had really, some changes. you were hoping to see another beatdown of uh, Greg Hardy. I would love to see that. <laughs> uh, apparently that has been rescheduled for UFC 272, I think. Yes. So there, at least there's that, you know, there's still the chance that uh, Sergei Spivak can provide that which uh, I think most uh, people with some sort of conscience uh, would <laughs> like to see <laughs> I, I, for Greg Hardy. For sure. So that'll wait. And then, you know, of course, uh, Ilya Tapuria, he, he's, uh, his previous opponent fell out. Uh, and at this point, I'm actually forgetting now Evlev. who that was. Oh, yeah, Mosvar Evlev, yeah. That was an unfortunate loss uh, of a fight here, but it was still salvaged with Charles Rodin, who's coming off of that Leonidas kick uh, to end his <laughs> decision victory. Uh, so that would be uh, – that's, that's, that could be a fun fight. I like that. Um, we're not going to go into detail too much about UFC 270 just yet. We'll get to that at the end of this show, as we typically do uh, before the pay-per-views. We will, though, be talking just a little bit before we get into the meat and potatoes of our, our show, which is a past judgment. And actually, it's an appeal edition of past judgment. It's going to be going back on one of our early past judgments when we didn't really know what we were doing. And hopefully now we have a little bit better of an idea and we'll, we'll do the one there. But even before we get to that, Dan, the, the talk has been about Kayla Harrison, at least on this particular day. A few days later, it's Friday. Everyone's out talking about something different. But Kayla Harrison now, it seems like uh, per Ariel Hawani that she's going to be staying with PFL. It's, it's It seems like it's close to a done deal. Yeah, I wish I had a million dollar guaranteed salary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not quite that. But I mean, if I understand it right, I mean, someone like her can negotiate other fight terms. So she will also earn probably more money than that anyway. Oh, yeah. She's going to make big bucks per fight. Plus, she's allowed sponsorship. Plus, she exactly. really can... She's in charge, so yeah. I it's it's such a sweet deal that I just don't understand why anyone, uh, unless the, the the truly the only goal is to just test yourself. I can understand that, but I mean, it's such a it, like. Why would you do that? Like the UFC is not going to treat you with the right value. I think. Yeah, who knows? And it's who knows how well they would market her. Anyway, we've seen we've seen them get big signings and then they fail to do the good marketing for them. So. Eddie yeah, Alvarez I, you know, comes to mind, really. We'll we'll let things become official when they do. Maybe they are by now, by the time you're, this is uh this is hitting your ears. But I, I felt for a long time, just my two cents, that this was the right move to, to come back to PFL. If she ends up in the UFC, there will be reasons that I'm sure she'll be able to be happy with. And she's certainly already made an, quite a bit of money, more than most MMA fighters do, uh, just from fighting. And she, of course, I'm sure at least did okay from her... Um, Olympic career and, and you know sponsorships and things like that. I would hope there was something there. She was an amazing Olympian uh, in judo, uh, but she kind of can do what she wants. I would think if she doesn't want to go to the UFC, she doesn't want to accept the terms and uh, and everything that comes along with it. That's fine. I had no problem with it. Yeah, I'm good with it. I mean, people but, like uh, 
like Pitbull, I think those are guys. The Pitbull brothers, you mean? Like um, more, more uh, specifically, uh, uh, Patri- Patrici- Patricio Pitbull. Patricio Pitbull. He uh, he should go to the UFC because I bet the money's probably very comparable. So he she should go test himself. That that's a different story. It's not like he's in PFL in a division where he's almost guaranteed to win every single tournament. So yeah. for a million bucks. It- it's it's a different scenario. I I would be doing this as well, but I'm not the fighter. I'm just the writer. He's not the fighter. He's just the writer. That's that's a rhyme, sir. You should, you should coin that. You should. It's been, a, it's been no one's ever said this before me. I've never heard it before. So yeah, no one's ever said. I it. believe there's actually a the fighter and the writer podcast. If I'm not mistaken, I, I want to say that that was a show with uh, with uh, Damon Martin, who's over at uh, MMA Fighting. The fighter. I'm gonna look this up real quick. The fighter and the writer. Michael Bisping joins host Damon Martin. Yes. Is it still a thing, or is that a thing of the past? Yeah, it actually just started last year. Okay. Yeah. So shout out to Damon Martin, who I've known a long. I didn't time. know Damon Martin fought. Damon Martin did not fight. He was the uh, writer, sir. I thought Bisping was the writer. No, sir. That would be interesting. He, he was the fighter. I know uh, it's confusing. I like Gotta Bisping. Keep up. He he's okay. de- <laughs> he's certainly become. Because there was a time, I distinctly remember the time when, and probably you do too, and a lot of people do who have been watching a while. A lot of people didn't like Michael Bisping. They I thought he was annoying. They thought he was grating. Uh, I think they respected at least that he was a decent fighter. But even that, I knew a lot of people who just didn't even respect him as a fighter. He's obviously accomplished so much that that had to go away. Um, he had a very solid uh, career, even by champion standards. Um, and... Now he's just he's, he, everyone likes him, and he's he's not a jerk or anything like that. He he was truly just playing a character, uh, and he did it well. Um, but he didn't do it too over the po- the top. I think he he did a really great job with that. Um, there were probably times where he crossed the line because everybody does, but I, yeah, I think he did all right. Yeah, I I really hated him when he was on the tough season. Like I hated him a lot, and that didn't go away for a long time. I yeah, f- I really no, forget I, where I, I forget where the switch was when I actually started to like him. I don't really remember when. I am uh, I'm not sure when that was, sir. But uh, I don't know when it was for me either. That's what I'm trying to think of. I can't think of it. But here we are now. We're talking about him. we like him. Uh, and but nonetheless, fighter and the writer, which is such a tangent. Why did we get here? Um, well, you wanted to make rhymes. That's yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> My rap career is over now. Let's get into past judgment appeal edition, sir. Yes. And this fight. We are going all the way back to Frankie, the answer Edgar, in his epic draw with Gray Mater. The second fight between them, which was the headliner of uh, UFC 125. Dan, before we get into even what we thought of this fight, way back when we did this in episode 8 of our show, why don't you go over how we do past judgment? Yeah, we certainly did not have the criteria that we have now mapped out back then but uh yes or or even the agreement that i think we tend to have on it now more or less yeah for the most part uh the csj criteria is basically the same as the abc criteria which as we mentioned earlier is available at abcboxing.com like certified judges we score rounds based on the three d's damage dominance and duration but we just made a few key changes a 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three d's by a large margin a 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, 
Frankie Edgar, Grey Mater 2. Yeah, man. So like I said, this was uh, the UFC 125 headliner, which if I recall, it was UFC 125 Resolution was the uh, the subtitle that it had at the time, which is great because there was none in this fight, <laughs> uh, which took place on January 1st. 2011 we don't have any uh new year's day fights anymore i feel like that this might have been the last time there was even one of them i can't remember um but this was at the mgm grand in las vegas another place that really just doesn't get fights anymore uh <laughs> it's like a different era we're talking about um yeah edgar i mean this was his first title defense coming off uh, a new opponent finally had uh gotten past bj penn he beat him twice of course he would go on to fight him again uh, in an unnecessary fight. Uh, but the most recent uh, of those two fights was only four months earlier. So he was still very, he was a very active fighter at this point. He fought, I think this was his third title fight in like eight, nine months, right up your alley, sir, especially that's, as a Jersey guy. That's how you do it. Maynard, he's coming into this one, 10 and 0. He had a no contest, of course. Uh, Gilbert Melendez was kind of the, at this point, the one that we were talking about is like the real number two at 155, but he was still in strike force. So this was from a fractured era to, again, different era. Uh, it's kind of funny to think about how different MMA is these days. <laughs> um, but uh, he had just decisioned uh, Kenny Florian on the undercard of the Edgar Penn second fight to earn this title shot. And all but two of his wins come by decision. So he wasn't really known for all that power, which uh, we'll be talking about a little bit in just a moment. Uh, the judges for this one were Patricia Morse-Jarman, Marcos Rosales, and Glenn Trowbridge. The referee was Eve Levine. So, Dan, round one. This is the epic round one that everybody remembers from this fight. But why don't you just go over a little bit of what happened? Yeah, as far as, as legendary rounds go, this is definitely in the conversation uh, for everybody, pretty much. Uh, it's a total beatdown. For the first minute or so, not much happens. And then Gray Maynard lands that big left. Frankie does a back roll. They clinch again. Maynard lands two big uppercuts, floors him. Fight could have been stopped right there. Frankie was definitely, uh, didn't have his wits at that point. Gray follows him down, and at some point, I guess he, he gets his, somewhat of his bearings. to come back on the feet, and he, he gets rocked. I think he gets dropped a total of four times in this round. I, I think you can totally make a case to stop it on more than one occasion. Uh, but Eve Levine lets it go, and credit to Frankie, he hangs tough, he He's with it enough, I guess. But uh, this is an easy 10-7 for Maynard. Yeah, I think so too. Especially in our system, this is, this is such an easy 10-7 because it's it's like just... It, even if you're going to just call it a 10-8, let's say even by today's standards, this is one of the strongest 10-8s you're going to find because we have several times where Maynard is just... He, he is on the verge of becoming the champion. But Eve Levine lets the fight go, and, and rightfully so. He's vindicated by this, but it's crazy. Some fights get stopped sooner than this, you know? Oh, yeah, a lot sooner than this fights get stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I, this is a 10-7. There's not much more to say. We both had this as a 10-7 when we scored this originally, so it uh, doesn't really change a whole lot. All three judges had this one as a 10-8 at the time. The question I have for you, though, Dan, now that we have, I think, a pretty good understanding of not just the way you're supposed to score a 10-7 today, but also the way judges tend to actually give or not give out 10-7s, do you think judges would actually score this fight a 10-7 today? Let's say if it was playing out before their eyes and not, you know, looking back on it. I don't think it would be unanimous across the board. I think 100% they get the 10-8, no question. And I think, oh, yeah, yeah. I think that, some... That some, would absolutely happen. Some would get the 10-7, I think. Uh, I don't think it would be unanimous, though. 
I I think it would depend on the judges. Um, I think a judge like Sal D'Amato, who has actually pulled the card a couple times, I think he would do it. Um, I would like to think maybe a Mike Bell would too, since he's very uh, very open with his ten sevens or excuse me ten eights uh, that he might be willing to go to ten seven here. You just don't know. I mean, would would Tony Weeks score this as a ten seven today? I don't know. He's his his eights and sevens are not necessarily the most predictable uh, these days. So yeah, I think I'm with you, but I think this could actually end up potentially being the type of round where we would actually at least get two ten sevens out of three, if not three, and even that we don't get. So. It would still be a very historic round, I think, in that aspect. But it's an interesting thought, you know, exercise, right? Well, you know what? To to be honest, I mean, unanimous ten eights back then for this round is kind of yeah, kind of a uh, no. Rare. It was so... it was unanimous ten eights at that point. Um, I don't know what they're looking for when to give out ten seven, especially Marcus Rosales, who a few years later gave out a ten seven to uh, in the Forest Pets, and I think it was Sammy Morgan fight. I don't even remember that fight. I'd have to. Go watch we it. were talking about that recently on uh, my appearance on Dan Tom's show. Okay, so that's really the only reason it was kind of fresh in my mind was he he had, I, I don't know if it made it on the broadcast. We might have talked about it on the broadcast, but we definitely talked about it beforehand. Him and I, okay. and uh, yeah, so that was that was a fight that we actually watched that before the recording that round, and we were both very surprised that it was a ten seven. Then even now, like it was kind of a weird one. So when how um, what, when uh when was what car was that on? Do you know? Or who was it? Forrest Pets and who? It was Forrest Pets and Sammy Morgan, I believe. Yeah, you I'll, look that I'll up watch that sometime. sometime. Yeah, watch that round. I'm curious what you'll think. What round was it? I'm almost – I want to say it was like 2014. Okay. Just no, go to, yeah, I got just it. Just go I to MMA it. Decisions and yeah. search for Forrest Pets. There's not a whole lot yeah. of fights. Got it. Yeah, you'll find it. But, I, yeah, it, it was kind of – it almost looked like if I was to have speculated as to why we ended up in a 10-7 in that. And we're obviously kind of on a tangent here. We'll get back to Edgar Maynard soon. But uh, the reason I think it probably ended up getting to that score is simply because there were a bunch of knockdowns, I guess, coming from for, from Boris Pets. And he might have been scoring each knockdown like a boxing uh, fight. I don't know. It was a very weird one. I, I can't imagine that's what he did because realistically, he could have done that here. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. Who knows? That was that was a strange one. Um, and again, that was that was Marcus Rosales. I'm most positive about that. I, I I could stand to be corrected. And actually, you know what? We're gonna get we're gonna get to the bottom of this real quick before we move on because I don't want to spread misinformation on my own damn show. <laughs> That's not my game. MMA decisions is down for me. So MMA decisions is up for me. And yes, so Marcus Rosales scored a thirty to twenty three scorecard. Over Sammy Morgan, which is why we know that there is a 10-7 in there. Okay. And I believe the round that we would be talking about is that first round, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it might have – maybe it was – maybe it was one of the different rounds. I don't know. I'll have to watch the whole thing again because now, now I'm seeing – the fan scoring, which you can't really go by that as any sort of meaningful metric, right? Mm -hmm. But if you look at round one, the fans at 42% say 10-8 pets. Then in round two, it's 57% say 10-8 pets. And then round three, it's 39%, which is actually a plurality, see a 10-7 for pets. So maybe it is the round. Maybe maybe there was just a mistake on, uh, on Dan's part of which round he was talking about. So maybe I'll watch that whole fight again. All right. Maybe we'll do that one on the show. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a good idea. 
We should do that one sometime. We should have done that instead of this one. This is a dumb fight. No one likes this fight. <laughs> Let's get back to this fight. Round two. Dan, what happened in this round? Good bounce back round from Edgar. Uh, okay. Lands a couple leg kicks early. Started to find a home for his right hand. Gets that big slam takedown late in the round. Uh, but really what stands out the most is, is Gray Maynard. It's just seems like he's taking the round off. He's not really doing much at all. I think I he if landed. He's necessarily taking the round off, if it, or like by choice, or if it's just he had nothing. Yeah, he, he needed to, you know. Well, that, that's what he he kind of said that in his uh in his post fight that sure. he he you know punched himself out in the first needed needed some time to recoup. Uh, yeah, I think I he landed. Choice the matter, sure. I think he landed like one decent punch that whole round. Uh, but I I do get to a ten eight for Edgar in the final twenty seconds because it seems like he's just landing this right hand whenever he throws it, no matter what. And it has good hard impact to it, and uh, that couple with Maynard really not having much uh, effective offense. I get to the eight. Yeah, I feel I feel like you can give an eight in our system for this one. Um, certainly not by any actual measure that, no. that judges utilize, but you know, in, in our more or less, we'll call this a game. You know, for lack of a better word, <laughs> in our little game here, I think it, it can certainly qualify as a ten eight uh, for Edgar. It's a solid round of of good damage dealt. Um, very little in return. His his opponent is clearly not there, uh, not able to answer for it. I don't think he earns the nine right in this round. So yeah, I, I feel good about an eight for Edgar here as well, which is the, the same scores that we had last time. Actually, we still agree that this is a ten eight Edgar from the first time. Oh, we agree. All right. Yes, indeed. We, so far, so far we're chalk. So we, far, you know why? Why did we need to go back on this fight for? And I, I should also point out, all three judges had uh, a ten nine Edgar putting Maynard up nineteen to eighteen on the actual scorecards that night. Um, whereas you and I have Maynard up uh, eighteen to seventeen. So still up a point, no matter how you do it. Um, but now we're going into round three, and and you know I'm not going to spoil it, or I am going to spoil it actually. Yeah, Dan. The reason we're going back on this fight is because round three, Dan watched at the time. And, you know, different mindset, different understanding of how we wanted to do this and all that other stuff. We didn't know as much, that kind of thing. I'll, I'll, I'll couch that for Dan. I don't want to throw him under the bus. More bias involved. More bias involved probably as well, yep. And uh, Dan gave a 10-10 uh, a draw in this round. Didn't feel uh, it was necessary to pick a winner based yeah. on uh, the five minutes of action that we saw. I landed on a 10-9 score for Maynard at the time. So, you know, I, I at least was committal there. Yeah, you, you, made, a, you made a decision. I did. <laughs> However... As we know, I was okay with giving out 10-10s the last fight. So uh, the one we – the previous past Judgment Peel edition we did. So it's not like I've uh, – I wouldn't do that or anything like that or didn't do that. I, I had my turn. You also did that day too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this time it was just you. You were alone. Um, but let's talk about this round. Let, let's actually break it down. What What is happening in this round? And then where do you see it now? Because I know you're not going to see well, it in the 10-10 again. Here's the, it is a close round. Even yeah, no, no question. Even after the round, when when Gray goes back to his corner, Randy Couture tells him he goes, "We might be up up two one. We might be down, you know, two rounds also." So yeah, uh, that was really close. good coaching sure. from Randy. I think throughout this fight, yeah, actually. I, I really liked the way he cornered uh, Gray here. I kind of miss when he used to corner fighters. He was, I thought he was pretty good at it. Yeah, he's probably it seems like he's extreme Couture in name only at this point. It looks and that way. Fine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it certainly uh, Eric Nixick does a, a heck of yeah. a lot there, and he does it well, so mm -hmm. credit to him. Uh, anyway, back to this round. Uh, close round. I thought both landed pretty good. I thought Frankie landed more often. It's just that Maynard had the more impact. Uh, 
his best offense comes towards the end of the round when he reopens Edgar's nose. I think he hits him with a couple uppercuts and his nose starts leaking again. Gets to the ground and Edgar locks up a Kimura just to threaten something, I guess, to, to prevent uh, Gray from advancing completely. And then closes the round in a guillotine. Not really that close. Uh, I think the impact on Maynard is better. I go 10-9. Yeah, the impact was what swayed me here. I thought that was the more uh, immediately impactful and effective offense that we were seeing in this round. So I, I felt, I mean, it's not like it, it's a round that you couldn't see the other way, but I think the better score, the better uh, way to see this round is that Maynard did enough to get the round. So yeah, I, I cited as a 10-9 round for Maynard here, uh, just like you did. And you know, again, saw it the same way I had. I, I have so far uh, been chalk. I haven't changed the way I viewed it, even even through almost two years and, and uh, <laughs> some different understanding of how we do this, right? It's, it's kind mm-hmm. of funny. Uh, I don't think that's stubbornness. I, I felt I feel like it's perfectly fine to change. But yeah, here I, I felt like it was okay. So that puts you and I, because we're still in lockstep now, uh, at 28-26 uh, in Maynard's favor. The judges that night who actually mattered, uh, judges Morse Jarman and Rosales, they had this as a 10-9 Edgar round, actually, sir. So that made it 28 all on their cards. A little surprising. Yeah, so we're 28-26, um, Maynard? We are 28-26, yeah. Okay. Um, Glenn Trowbridge saw this as as a Maynard round, so he has Maynard up 29-27. I, I, and I say surprising. Obviously, I just called this a close round, so I can understand. But I guess I'm surprised that it was the minority score was Maynard here instead of Edgar. Okay. But, you know, different standards, different times, you know, maybe they saw what Edgar was doing on the ground as, as more effective based on the the times understanding of, of how to score fights. So mm-hmm. it's it's not one I'm going to question them for. But, yeah, it, it, by modern standards, I, I do think that you could certainly go Maynard here and feel much more comfortable. Yeah, I, I would agree. Round four, Dan. And at the time, we saw this each as 10-9 for Edgar. We were uh, in agreement here. Dan, why don't you go over first what happens in this round, why we kind of thought, maybe why we thought that at the time, and where you ended up now. Yeah, a solid start for Edgar. He gets him against the fence, and he locks up that guillotine. I thought that was a pretty solid guillotine attack. Um, Maynard's able to get out of it, though. Uh, Frankie touches him up a bit, and then he, you know, Tax the takedown and gets him kind of stuck against the fence with you know no defense to his face, and he smashes him with like three three hard lefts right to the face. And I was like, oh, those are those are good shots. I thought Maynard missed a lot throughout the round. Uh, he was really slow, which was pointed out by Joe Rogan. Uh, what he did land didn't seem to have that much impact. I just don't think Frankie did enough to get to a ten eight, but I think it's pretty easy call to go ten nine. No, I. I can understand that, although what actually kind of surprised me when I saw that you had your scores the way you did, I was closer to going 10-9 Edgar in round two than round four, believe it or not. See, I, I felt I felt round two, Frankie had more urgency in, in round four. He just didn't continue that urgency throughout the round. But I mean, it doesn't necessarily matter about the urgency. You know, no, but he could have. I mean, we're really talking about more like the degree of damage and, and yeah, kind of the I, the dominant, you know, the the discrepancy in terms of how much is actually being output one or the other. Listen, round two was not a, a, a slam dunk ten eight for me. Sure, he, he only got there the final. You know, you did say that twenty yeah. seconds. Round four, I, I felt he if he if he pressured more. I mean, he was doing. He had great offense for the early part of the round. He just didn't keep it up really. So sure. That's why I'm at a ten nine. That's fine. No, I understand that. I I feel like I and I and 
I think it's perfectly fine to go 10-9 in our system this way as well. That That's okay. Um, but I did I did feel like I could go to the eight. I felt good about it, and so I, I, I did end up there. So All right. that's where I'm at. I still haven't changed anything. This is the same score that I had uh, the last time. And, and, when, and, that, and when you watch this fight, this the one highlight that always comes up when when they talk about this fight is those three punches against the cage that that never misses a highlight reel when this fight is is discussed or or revisited like well that's sure kind of and, a, and a, a lot of that has to imaging. do with the fact that most of the fight if, it, if look if you're gonna think back to this fight what do you remember do you remember the things frankie did to win or do you remember very distinctly frankie was just surviving for four minutes yeah that that like backhand spring when he falls back off the first <laughs> knockdown is is like burned into my mind oh yeah i mean that that's the image that everybody thinks of so the if you're gonna show something that frankie did and try to make some sort of image it's got to be this yeah i think because there's no knockdown or anything like that it's not like he has any mm-hmm. of those he just has some really good shots landed here and there uh to punctuate solid rounds for him mm-hmm but yeah, it, it doesn't really go beyond that. So, but yeah, nonetheless, I ended up here. I'm at 36, uh, excuse me. I'm at 36 all, which means it all comes down to the final round. We're not giving out 10 tens this time. So that can't happen for me on your card though. You actually have made it up 37, 36. Yes. We it, had that the one point discrepancy. Here, and so. it pains me. It does. Uh, I imagine. <laughs> and I think I know why has probably a bit to do with the way round five was scored, which again, when we first scored this in episode eight of our show, Almost two years ago, we both had this as an Edgar 10-9 round. Um, what do you see today? I, I still see a close round. I, I just feel Edgar's landing better. He's landing the combos, uh, snapping Maynard's head around when he's landing his right. Maynard's shots seem to be one-off shots, solo shots, and it's usually a jab. So I, I really thought the impact and the effect of striking was Edgar's. So 10-9, I stay the same. Yeah, yeah, same. I, I have not much more to add to that, honestly, because I think you got it. I had a, a 10-9 then. I have it now. I end up on the same score as last time, 46-45 for Edgar. I'm at a draw now, 46-46. Well, what, what was my original score? Your original score. Did I actually put your original score down? I don't. I didn't accumulate what your original score was, but let's see. Let's do it real quick. So, Mater 10-7, Edgar 10-8. So, you've got... Well, actually, so I know you have 28-26 Maynard through three. And then you went 10-8, Edgar. We had the same scorecard. Yeah. 47-46, I would have. Because I had a 10-10 round Oh, that's right. Excuse me. So I would have Edgar winning. So so you would, yeah, you would have had Edgar winning. And you would have actually, you would have had him winning. Because the only score that we differentiated then was that draw round. So you actually have Frankie winning by an extra point. Okay. 47-45. I had 46-45. And that that jives because why, why wouldn't New Jersey win? That's true. That's how you feel. Yes. Look, I love Jersey too, but I mean, we can lose. I know we can lose. I've seen it. I live very close to MetLife Stadium. I see a lot of losing. Oh, that's a low blow. <laughs> that's a low blow. I'm talking, about the Jets. I'm talking about the Jets. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I'm, well, what are you talking about? It's not a, well, the Jets always lose. They've never, they never win. Doesn't that feed into my point? I guess. I know where we're going. <laughs> uh, look. I, I understand where you thought that that was a low blow. That wasn't what I was going for. My okay. team's terrible, and your team beat mine this year. So that's not really I was what there I'm, for that. I'm that's why they for. won. Oh, you were there, oh, that's too. Right. I was there. Yeah, were I was there, there for that one, too. That's why they lost, I guess. <laughs> that's no, exactly. I don't usually watch the Panthers lose. I think they kind of alternate. <laughs> I think uh, when, I, when I go, anyway. So they lost this one. They won a few years ago, 2015. That was the year where uh, Josh Norman and Odo Beckham Jr. got into it. 
That's insane. I can't even think about that. I mean, I don't even know how the Giants even made that game close. That was how the competitive fight. Well, it probably helped when you get Josh Norman knocked out of the game. Yeah, they they lost on a long field goal. It was a good game. I've I've been to some good games, uh, Panthers Giants games. That was not one of them. This 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 recent one that was terrible. Yeah, at least you got a comic book though. Oh, did I tell you about what happened in my comic book though? No. Girl behind me spilled a beer all over <laughs> me and it. <laughs> I think I do remember that, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure we complained about it on the show, or at least I did, obviously. Uh, but anyway, let's get back to, you know, no, no football. We, we don't need to talk about yeah. football right now. Back to uh, wrapping this up. The judges uh, on that evening, they had round five. Uh, and I don't even think we said round four. All three had uh, Edgar 10-9 in round four. Round five, this is where they're split again. Morse Jarman and Trowbridge had this as a 10-9 Maynard round. It was Marcus Rosales who saw this as a 10-9 Edgar round. So, I, you know, probably I think the same situation too. I think maybe there's a case to be made for Maynard, especially back then. You know, you know, different differences in judging and reasons and that kind of thing. It's hard to get on it now. But I think uh, today, if this was being scored, I imagine judges would probably, maybe I'm wrong, I think they would land on an Edgar 10-9 score here. I would think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, also, I don't, I don't really... Back then, how how Frankie wasn't the one really pressing. Who knows how much that came into into account back then? Sure. Uh, so, but you know, when you look at this fight today, and by today's standards, we we keep bringing up kind of how things would have been scored today. So let's let's say for argument's sake, the judges all kind of stepped in line with how we sort of expected it, right? That you know, Edgar would have gotten round five, round four, round three, and then round round or excuse me, round two, round three. Probably a Maynard round, and then a 10 8 to a 10 7 round one. It's possible that Maynard could have won, let's let's say, a majority decision. Yeah, very possible. And if that fight happens today, who knows? It, it, with today's judging standards, I don't know. I think we might be looking it's, at it. It's a, an interesting thought experiment. You majority know? draw versus majority victory. Well, I, did I say majority draw? I did mean majority victory because I, yeah. I think. No, no, yeah, you did. Saying, you did. You did. I'm saying yeah. since one, since round. One is likely going to be a split. Uh, who even knows if it's like maybe it is unanimous. I don't think it would get there. Maybe but... it is. I mean, again, if we're let's let's play this out even further. If we're if we're doing it today, it's in Las Vegas today. You're going to have the you know probably the top judging crew that we tend to see, uh, which is some version of uh, Sal D'Amato, Junichiro Camillo, Derek Cleary, uh, and Mike Bell. Probably three out of those four would get the assignment today. You know, I would like I said, I think I think Judge D'Amato probably would pull the trigger at a seven. I'm just speculating. I don't know. Um, I would think Mike Bell certainly would too. I'm not sure where Judges Cleary and uh and Camillo would land, but certainly reasonable that they could as well. Again, this is this isn't saying how they would score this particular fight that they're looking back at. We're kind of thinking about, hey, what if it played out before their eyes like this today? Or a fight played out like this today. Would they sit there and actually score the 10-7? I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I, I would love to see. I mean, I certainly don't want to see someone get beat to heck like that, but I'm curious how they would handle that, you know? Yeah, it is. I, I, I complain so much about the seven and how it's like not given out. It's like, why is it on the books if you're not even gonna use it? When when would you use it? I feel like if you're not gonna use it for this round, why is it why is it there? Right? Yeah, this is this is just 10-8 on steroids. Which is basically yeah. a ten seven. So that should be a ten seven. Yeah, yeah, I think once you start talking about something on steroids, it just goes <laughs> up a different level. So yeah, I, I would think so, uh, but not in the Hall of Fame. Apparently, we can't do that. 
This fight's not in the Hall of Fame. Oz and Clemens in the Hall of Fame. Put them in. Wow. Definitely deserves it. Definitely. Definitely. That's a different show, though. That is it for uh, for this one. Uh, oh, actually, real quick, the final scores that we had. Morse Jarman had a 47-47 draw. Uh, Trowbridge had Maynard winning 48-46, and Rosales had Edgar winning 48-46. So that was where we ended Yeah, up. split draw. That's indeed how it went down. Then, of course, they had the rematch. We all know what happened. Frankie gets the fourth-round knockout. Very surprising result. I, I was stunned that actually with that. I figured it was just going to go to a decision. And, and it kind of played out the same way, that fight. It was so funny. Yeah, you know, I don't remember much of it. I don't remember how I felt going into it. I know I was I was super homer. Uh, Frankie's going to, you know, smash Green Maynard this time. If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure Frankie was also, like, he just got beat to heck in the first <laughs> round. It wasn't as bad, but it was like. Yeah, I thought he what? got hurt in the what? first one. Yeah. Why are we doing this again? But, he, yeah, I think he, <laughs> he came, obviously, he came together even better because he was able to get the finish this time and take any sort of uh, potential decisions one way or the other out of the system. Uh, but that is it. For that fight, for this uh, this appeal edition, uh, my my ruling still stands. Yours uh, yours it altered a little bit. Yeah, sorry, Frank. You actually can't, you you changed by two points. You had Edgar winning by two, and then you had him uh, with a draw the second time. Sorry, it is what it is. <laughs> Let's move on though. Let's wrap up the show here. We we can talk a little UFC two seventy. Uh, it's of course why we're doing a midweek show. We're not tying our our fight pick to this one here. Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard are not fighting this weekend. Uh, we've got two title fights, though. Francis Ngannou against Cyril Gann. 265-pound championship unification bout with uh, Ngannou, the champion, and Cyril Gann, the number one contender who was given a gold belt. Yeah, he was given given that uh, that interim title that they had to do after such a short time after Francis won it. Yeah, I think I've made my thoughts on that whole situation very clear. And so I hate I'm that I side really... with that side. Which side? Of like, well, Francis should fight, but I mean, I still hate that that I sided with with that Francis with with the creation of the interim title fight. Yeah, I, I'm I'm against yeah. that, but I I also yeah wish Francis would just fight, just fight. Yeah, you, I I hope you took a shower after you had that take. <laughs> I feel dirty, but anyway, forget that. Enough of that now. What do you think of the fight? Are you interested in this one or no? What? Yeah, this I mean, is I mean, well, this <laughs> is uh, as far as heavyweight go. This is top of the top. So. Yeah. Very excited for it. I love it. I, I think what's cool about this fight is the betting lines have, are kind of showing you how people are thinking about this as like, wow, this could be a lot of things. Because the, the line started uh, at least a, a, a decently solid, I think, uh, Nganu favorite, if I recall. No, it was it was um, a pick em. Pick em across the board. I was a board. pick em. I Minus... it was a little bit more Nganu's way, no? My, okay, so... If you look at the averages, some some sports books had Ngannou minus one twenty and Ngannou at plus one hundred. But okay. as it, the average came out to where enough sites had the opposite of that, and it, it really but was it, just. But nonetheless, you had enough books going the other way. That I feel like yeah. that's kind of uncommon. Kind of like a yeah, kind of like a pick 'em though, for the most part, at least opening. And now it's just gone completely the opposite way. And I I think it's hilarious, honestly, the disrespect that those odds are kind of showing. Um, the betters are showing for. Francis Agano here because he, he, I I actually said this on a I was I appeared on a Twitter Spaces earlier this week with Ike Feldman from uh, NBC Sports and the entirety of Cyril Gann's MMA career has existed since Francis Ngannou lost to Derek Lewis. That's yeah. He debuted a month later. <laughs> it's <laughs> there's a lot of experience that Ngannou has from years of training in this sport that. Cyril Gann just doesn't have. I know he 
has shown a very well-rounded game. He's shown a very mature striking uh, array for this for this division, especially. Um, someone else, I, I I wish I could credit who it was. I can't remember. Someone else kind of made a almost a comparison in some ways to um, George St. Pierre. And I actually kind of like that in the sense that George St. Pierre looked really great and he just wasn't ready for that first title fight. Now, this is obviously, it's a unification fight. He's technically the champion, but, you know, it's a number one contender fight he won. I'm sorry. That's just what it is. This is the champion. This is the championship fight. It's different. And I, I have to give some weight to Ngannou's veteran savvy here and the fact that he's got the power. So I, I like him here. I think he's going to win the fight. I think that's that's a big, big thing, in, especially in this division, having crazy power. It's an equalizer. Like, yeah. like Francis Ngannou. Because if you just go by technique, I mean, you're just going to pick Cyril Ngannou. He wins it. I don't think we can argue that that Ngano has better technique than Gon. But Ngano just needs to land one punch, and it's lights but, out. And I, so, don't sleep on his technique. It's not like he has none. It's just it's not the same level, right? Yeah, no, he's he's. I mean, I I I truly believe if he does go to boxing, he he would lose uh, to yeah, those guys. But that's a different conversation. That's a, that's a different conversation. <laughs> but as far as as MMA striking, he he is he's okay. It's, he's not just just winging punches he does he does put some thought behind behind his shots i believe so yeah i think so but yeah i think i'm gonna pick francis on this one by knockout what round you got i think round one francis round okay. one okay i will say i'm gonna say round i'm gonna say round three which i think is actually kind of gutsy to think that the fight will go that long interesting but i do think there will be at least some trepidation on both their parts because they are familiar with each other from you know from their time together that's true everyone's talking about this sparring video that i have not seen yet i don't know <sighs> is that what swayed the betting line it was gone Probably. getting the better you know of how it? those things go right but the, were you, did you see the video or no no i did not oh, okay. i actually wasn't aware that there was a video video i just yeah. know that people were talking about yes. what happened i thought that uh, was just talk i, I thought uh, i thought there video. was a video there might be. I maybe I I'm not hundred percent sure. But I mean, if that's what swayed it, you gotta think Gon was getting the better of him in sparring, but it's sparring. Like Francis isn't trying to kill him in sparring. No. So he shouldn't be. That would be a terrible teammate. I mean, it's not shoot the box. It is not. <laughs> but yeah, so we're both on Nganu. Uh you're in round three, I'm in round one. Um but we also got another title fight. We do. And uh that is uh, <laughs> I still think it's funny that we ended up with a trilogy out of and... this fight, which which you and I both felt when we came away from the first fight that realistically it it should have been a clear victory for Davis and Figueredo, except for the fact that he couldn't control his weapons. He lost a point. So loses a point. He, he put himself here. Some shot. A little bit of, of a uh, of poor judging in a final round. It, not the strongest of scores yeah. from from especially one of the judges. My judge of the year last year, uh, Junior Camillo, who scored. Uh, the fifth round for Moreno, and I don't know that there's much of a, an argument that can be made for him. I'm, I would I would love to know what he saw that t- at time, but unfortunately, that was why we ended up with a draw, and the draw was the impetus for the rematch because they said, okay, this was a good fight. People liked it. Let's put it up there again. It was, you know, I think it was still not, it was competitive, but I think there was a clear better fighter from that fight, and yet, as sometimes these things go, Sometimes these things happen in MMA. <laughs> we uh, we had the opposite. We had Brandon Moreno came out and he he looked fantastic for two plus rounds before he got the finish. Yeah, that was, and we both didn't think that was going to happen because you know Figueroa no. in in the rematch with Benavides was just 
on fire. And we figured it was going to go the same way. Figueroa yeah, just going to get better. This was, this was definitely stunning for us. So, so fight three. What what do we got? Well, what do you, you know? What I want you to start because I started on this one. Who do you think is going to? So happen? I'm I'm curious. So it came out that Brandon Royville was was given the nod to keep his weight low in the event. I saw he, that in the event he has to be a replacement. That picture of Davis and Figueroa came out of him looking just absolutely jacked. And now I'm like. Can he make weight? I mean, he looks in great shape, but is he going to get down to 125? He looks like he put on more muscle. They're saying so, what what I'm hearing now is that actually he's lower in weight than he typically is. He's that I think he's at like 137 right now, so he's only 12 okay. pounds off. All right, I hope I. Hope. I mean, we say only 12 pounds, which is still crazy. It's still but, a lot. Uh, um, I, it sounds like I think he's actually like 10 pounds lower okay. than he's been. So uh, I'm not actually that worried about the weight based on what we're hearing. You know, let's. Right, Let's but it, it, it's, by the time you're listening to this, you might be listening to it post weigh in for all I know. It's, so. it's possible, yeah. But I mean, it is an issue that he has in, in, throughout his career, but I'm still going to pick him. I'm going to, this is the third time he's in the ring with, with Brandon Marino. I think he's going to get the job done. I think he's going to finish him TKO round, round two. I got Davis and Figueredo. I think he's going to win a decision. Okay. So I'm on TKO. You're on decision. Yep. I'm trying to burn these into my memory for you. There you go. Because I forgot a pen. <laughs> uh, you got well. Uh, too bad you don't have a computer. In front of me. <laughs> oh, I hate when you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unfortunate. Oh, gee. All right, you're right. You're right. I, I can write it down. <laughs> there you go. You get that. You get on that, sir. All right. We, we yeah, got so this. This is uh, actually the UFC's return to California. First time they've been here in a couple years. Uh, if you remember. The UFC was hoping to fight in California, although on uh, not on state land, but on uh, Native American territory land. They wanted to fight at, what was it, Tachi Palace? Yes, they wanted to fight at Tachi Palace. and That was what they were looking to do to uh, get fights going. They, they, hell or high water, were going to keep the UFC going uh, early in the pandemic and then realized that was uh, not feasible for who knows what reason. I think it had to do with the governor or something like that. Of course, it was the media's fault. If you remember, it was actually Alexander K. Lee uh, of uh, MMA fighting, who was one of the biggest villains in UFC history. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever seen the, you ever seen the video that, that they UFC had put out about mm-hmm. that, where they had like, they took a I picture did, yeah. of Alex yeah. and they put red eyes on him. Like he's the Terminator. <laughs> And it was like comically evil. It was so great. It, that one still gets passed around. Um, but at any rate, that didn't happen. Now they're finally in California on the right terms. Andy Foster's got the got the wheel here. Commission running the show. It, it's great to see the UFC back in California. And one thing I really love is that they do the same day weigh in, and then they release that information publicly, so we can actually see what Figueroa, what all these people will hydrate back to yeah i hope he doesn't end up in the hospital again like i just yeah let's please nobody in the hospital especially for a weight cut like i don't want anyone to go to the hospital period i hope all these people go out and beat the heck out of each other and then they feel good at the end yeah (laughs) that's not really how the world works but come on just we don't need to be seeing the nephrologist okay no kidney doctors (laughs) anyway so i'm looking forward to it being in california we're going to have you know, I'm sure top rate judges, I'm sure they'll bring in, you know, Sal Amato and, and all those people uh, that we've been seeing in Las Vegas, probably some of the other people who kind of work a little more often in California. You might see um, Ron McCarthy, Mike Bell. 
Ron McCarthy, I think you probably see. I mean, he he obviously goes to Vegas too, but um, yeah, maybe maybe we'll see like a Wade Vieira or somebody like that who we haven't seen very often, but I know works in California. Who knows? I'm curious to see who they're going to get staffing this one actually. So, uh, but nonetheless, I you know Andy Foster runs an awesome ship over there. I'm I'm, I'm I have full confidence in them, uh, which is the polar opposite of the next pay per view, which is in Houston. <laughs> We'll deal with that one next month, though. Let's 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 keep it neat here. Um, what other fights or fighters of interest are there on this card for you, sir? I think there's some. Like we already talked about one. Some interesting fights. I, I mean, I'm interested in in Saeed Nurmagomedov uh, making his return versus Cody Stamen. Nurmagomedov. I've never heard that name. Is that's interesting? <laughs> that's it's a long name. Is he is he a cousin or a brother? I believe he's a cousin, cousin okay. of uh, Khabib. Okay, he's in Khabib's family. I mean. I, th- I think he probably wins this one in his return. Probably wins it by Nurmagomedov, yes. Yes. That would be my method of <laughs> well, victory. Well, you know, he's... If, he's, I, was, he's, if I, I was a Nurmagomedov, that's how I would win fights. I'm Nurmagomedov. But, I mean, he's a, he's kind of a striker. He throws a lot of spinning back fists. Like, Pardon me. He is the half-brother of Khabib, okay. if I'm to believe uh, this entry on Wikipedia, which I just went to quickly. Okay. Um, I don't know why anybody would deface that, so I'll, we'll go with it for now. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Nurmagomedov decision. Are we making picks for these? You can. Okay. Yeah, we can do it. Sure, why not? Let's do it. All right. Yeah, I'll go the same. I'll, I'll say Nurmagomedov's decision as well over Cody Stamen. All right. We already talked about Ilya Taporia. I like that fight against Charles Jordan. You got a pick in that one? I think Taporia. I mean, it's just a week notice or a week and a half notice for Jordan. He's going to make it exciting, but is his cardio up there? Probably not. Uh, I go Taporia. Sure. So. I, I feel like uh, Taporia's got this one. I think it's going to be a decision. I, I think uh, Jordan is hard to put away. Yeah, so tough kid. I, I see that going that way. Probably like a clear decision, kind of. You know, we're not. We're just going to see the writing on the wall for a mm-hmm. couple rounds, but I think that's what it's going to be. Uh, Michel Pereira is back in action. He's always fun at 170 pounds. Uh, he's going against Andre Filio. He was also another late replacement for him. He was supposed. They were. Yeah, I'm not familiar week. with the name. I didn't get the chance to look him up as much as I wanted. Yeah, they were actually going to be on the last week's card, but then I think someone did get COVID, and then they got moved to this week's card. That sounds right. There was a lot of that going on last week. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if there's more of it this week. Yeah, per, per, <laughs> again, some of these fights may not be here anymore. We might be talking about something yeah, that doesn't matter. I'm gonna go uh, Pajera, uh, and I think we'll see maybe one backflip. <laughs> At least one, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm picking Pajera too. Um, Fialio is actually he had participated uh, in a couple fights for PFL. I'm just looking him up real quick. Uh, he's fought for LFA. He's fought at UAE Warriors, Bellator. I mean, this is a real veteran who's been around. Um, the last few fights, he's won in the first round. So he's, he's rolling a little bit. Stefan Sekulic, he won over. That's that's a name I recall. Um, I, I would still have to pick Pajera here. But I will say decision. I, I think it's probably going to be tough. Okay, to yeah, I'm with you. So we'll go with there. Last, uh, well, two more, actually. I got two more I'm, I'm interested in. Are you interested in either one of these before I kind of lift the lid on it? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's one that I'm more interested that's not listed here that I'll get to. Okay, what do you got? Michael Morales and Trevin add those, Giles. My friend, so I know what we're talking about. Yeah, Michael Morales and Trevin Giles is okay. a, is a fight. Michael Morales coming off contender series win, very exciting. He's young. I think he's only 22. Big guy, Ecuadorian freestyle wrestling champ and Muay Thai champ. Uh, people are pretty high on him, but uh, I think Giles is a tough test. He's got good experience. I am going to pick Giles by decision. I will also pick Giles by decision more because he's the known quantity that I'm more familiar with All than right. really anything else. Um, I don't feel that good about this one, but hey, I'm making a pick. There you go. And now what were the other the other ones we got? 
We got uh, Adolfo Vieira, who I'm sure you were actually looking forward to. Always exciting. He's always interesting. Yeah. Uh, someone's getting submitted. It could be him now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, we know that can happen if he gets tired. But, you know, the last fight, I think he proved that he's, he's at least working to uh, get through that issue. He, he had a much more complete performance uh, in his latest win. So coming back here against Wellington Terman, I do feel like he's going to put on uh, another impressive performance. I'm going to say round one submission. Yeah, me uh, too. And win that middleweight fight. Yeah. Round one sub. Yeah. Sorry. Hard, hard to go wrong there. Right. I mean, I, I think he can certainly he, be wrong. He's on a mission, I think, to prove to everyone was saying he should go to 205. But uh, yeah, I I don't know if that's I mean unless he unless he has trouble with the weight cut I don't think that's the yeah. answer I think that would be a I, big this, problem there. He'd this be is a guy I'm curious to see the the day of weigh-ins for. Yes, so. yes, those those usually typically hit around Monday or so. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see when they come out. Um, the other the other one that I kind of wanted to shout out too was uh, Kay Hansen, uh, who I, I find to be an interesting prospect still. Uh, she's returning to flyweight here. She'd been at straw weight for her UFC run so far. So now she's back up at uh, 10 pounds further. Um, that's, you know, I'm always encouraged when I see, uh, fighters go up, especially women. I think a lot of the women have cut down very heavily, uh, probably less, much more than necessary. So there's a, I feel like there's a good chance that they can find success moving up in weight. She's got, uh, Jasmine, Justin vicious here. I, I like Kayla or excuse me, Kay to win this fight. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Submission. Actually, I'm going to say round two submission. Yeah, this is another fight that uh, I think was put together last minute. That was supposed to be last week, also that got moved to this week. Um, mm-hmm. and and I, I'm going to go with K decision in this one, just because Jasuda okay. uh, Vicious is uh, yeah. she's coming off her her contender series. Uh, so this is her debut. You do love those contender series so, fighters. I'm, I'm going with which K, I never watched, but I'm going with K Hansen. So. I know, I know. And I'm going to switch my pick on Pajero. I'm going to go round two knockout because we have way, oh. we have way too much uniformity here. Oh, I see. So, so you're just basing your pick ba- around my picks. Yes. On this, okay. on that one, yeah. All right, fair enough. All right. <laughs> that does it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. We'll be back again on Monday to break down all the action, all the contested rounds. If there are any, we may have a perfect uh, scorecard. We haven't had that yet. No, but you know what? Maybe we'll even try to get a, a guest on. We've been trying to do that for the pay-per-views uh, here and there. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll have a third uh, couchside judge. If you're interested, let us know. Absolutely. Uh, unless you're a Doshmo. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the fights. <laughs>